Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we are taking a look at three different movies, and none of them are new, but they were all first-time watches for me. And one, I'm doing something completely unprecedented on this show. I didn't even finish the movie, but it wasn't my fault. We're talking about Last Christmas, because, you know, it's Christmas time. I should probably do that. And then we're going to do some horror movies that I didn't get a chance to do during Halloween. Smile and Black Phone. But first up, we're getting all Christmassy with Paul Feig's Last Christmas. Whoa! <gasps> you! Again. What do you mean again? Did you follow me here? Are elves always so cynical? Yes. Relentlessly, these are dark times. I'm Tom. Kate. Last Christmas. Here we are. This is the bit where you murder me. So what is it that you do? I sing. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, boring, boring, boring. I'm not bored. You are so strange. <laughs> where are you going? We're in there. Well, you're not homeless. No, I volunteer here. <laughs> Why didn't you just get Saint tattooed on your forehead? You were great at your job when you started, but now it's like you don't care anymore. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. Can I help? I'm a mess. I was really sick and I nearly died. I don't tell people because they get weird, but I don't think you'll get weird. No. I'm just scared all the time. And they just expect me to be normal and get on with life. There's no such thing as normal. And just being a human being is hard. Okay, so last Christmas, I, I'm a big Christmas fan. I enjoy Christmas movies. Not like Hallmark ones, but, you know, like Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, The Santa Claus, Christmas Story. You know, that that kind of stuff. Like, I really like Christmas, but some of the movies can be a little schmaltzy and stupid. And last Christmas never really jumped out at me before. It's got Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones in it. She plays Kate, a young woman subscribed to Bad Decisions. Working as an elf in a year-round Christmas store is not good for her, the wannabe singer. Uh, however, she meets Tom there, who is played by Henry Golding, and uh, her life takes a new turn. For Kate, it seems too good to be true. So you might be wondering, Jay, why would you watch this? Did your wife want to watch it? Uh, no, she's not really into movies like this at all, plus she hates Christmas. She's kind of the worst in that way. Uh, but I was in, uh, I was at the Mayo Clinic. I was in the hospital for an entire week, and I was in the ICU for a little while, a couple days, and it was on, and I was like, all right, whatever. Like, it had j it literally had just started. There was nothing on TV. It was, like, the first time I had turned the TV on. I didn't really want to watch anything else, and I'm like, sure, why not? So I just let it go, and I don't necessarily think it's bad, but I don't really think it's that good. Um, like, Kate, Amelia Clark's character... Basically, is like the worst. She just like uses people, and she's um, she doesn't really care about anything, and is kind of just like I said, the worst. But the year before, she nearly died and had to have a heart transplant. Um, and she has a mother that she doesn't get along with, played by um, Emma Thompson. Who anytime she was on the screen, I really liked her. She plays her mother Petra. Uh, who is from another country, and she's really worried about her. They don't have a great relationship. There's a pretty funny scene, like, in a psychiatrist's office with the two that I liked. I kind of wish there would have been more of that. 
Keeping up with the fruit and veg? Yeah, fine. She is eating rubbish when she is outside. When she's at home, she's eating my food and it's good. I'm sure it is. What about sleep? That's she never right. sleeps. Exercise? Religiously. Not at all. Alcohol? Oh, oh she's drinking while. like the pirate. Um, Kate's boss is Michelle Yeoh. She plays her character's name as Santa. Uh, I thought she was okay in like one or two scenes. She's got a weird guy that she starts to like. And it's very weird. It's a very strange part of the movie a couple times and I thought that was all right what's his name I can't pronounce it lots of glottal stops oh when I try to say it I sound like a cat with a fur ball so I've decided to call him boy hmm well at least your name's easier to pronounce what Wang Jingxin you're not really called Santa of course not idiot I chose it for the shop really oh and I worked at the pet shop I called myself Kitty. But mostly, it's uh, she meets this guy, Tom. He just floats around and pops up in, at strange times. And they go for walks, like, at night. And he's always urging her to look up and notice things that she's never seen. He works at a homeless shelter. He's, like, this too-good-to-be-true guy. And he's dancing around in the beginning of the movie. Like, everywhere they go, he's, like, doing twirls and turns and spins. And I'm like, what is this guy's problem? Like, this guy's a lot to deal with right now. Maybe it was the pain meds I was on that wasn't quite working at the time I'm like this guy's just I want to punch him um but as the movie goes on like she starts to do better because he's like you know you should you know you you kind of got a second chance maybe you should do more with it and so she starts helping out at the homeless shelter while she's there at some point uh she brings up his name because she's looking for him and they don't know who he is and that's kind of I got to where there's about 10 minutes left in the movie and here's what happened I was moved out of the ICU I was moved into a regular room, which was literally, like, down the hall from where I was. It was maybe through two or three sets of doors, and I was in my new room. And then I turned to the channel, I think it was on FX, and it was over. And that was it. Like, it was leading to a twist. And that twist has bothered me for days, because I don't know what the twist is. I don't know what the deal is with Tom. Does Kate better her life? She seemed like she was going to start singing again. She was singing for the homeless and getting spare change and she was getting better with her family and so I was waiting for like this big twist Shauna and I kept talking about it like what could this be and you know we both kind of think okay so I have not seen this movie I don't know if this is a spoiler or not but I assume that Tom's a ghost and it's his heart that's in uh, Kate or if that's not it then I feel like maybe it's his wife or girlfriend or heck maybe even daughter somebody close to him died and Kate's got the heart but the fact that like he goes to this little garden area and shows her and he knows all about these other people but they don't really talk to each other that seemed weird people in the homeless shelter don't know him I feel like he's a ghost but I have no idea I don't know and I don't know that I want to spend the money to rent it but I it's driving me nuts and I feel like I need to finish the movie uh how was it overall it's okay it's not bad I don't know, like, I'm not going to buy it, but spending $4 to rent it kind of seems like a lot because I literally just want to see the last stupid 10 minutes. I could YouTube it. That's true. I could do that. But for some reason, I I have a problem with that. Like, I want to actually finish the movie. But this is the first time I've, I've talked about a movie on this podcast that I have not finished. And it's weird. This isn't even a full watch. You know, I get I, I get a little annoyed sometimes because I keep watching movies that I've only seen once, and I talk about them, just regular reviews, 
And I'm like, well, the whole idea of the rewatch podcast was that you rewatch something. Is there rewatchability with this? Probably. I mean, I like Paul Feig's movies for the most part. Um, this one doesn't seem like it's as long as, as some of his other ones. But uh, I I like him. I I liked the scene with Emma Thompson and her in like a therapist's office. I thought that was funny. I think it's a therapist. It could be a regular doctor. Again, I didn't always have the volume up that high because I was in the intensive care unit. I was getting better. Uh, but, you know, nurses and doctors and people just keep coming in from time to time. So we'd turn it down and then I didn't know everything that was happening. But the fact that I know that there's this twist ending to the movie that I then didn't see is is literally driving me nuts. Like a couple nights later, I was staying in a hotel and it popped into my head at like five in the morning when I'm trying to go to sleep. I had to get up and go pee and then I'm laying in bed. And I start thinking about last Christmas. And then I had this stupid George Michael song stuck in my head, which they play a lot of George Michael in the movie. And uh, which isn't bad. I don't dislike that song, but it kept playing in my head. And then I'm like thinking of the lyrics of the song. I'm like, well, I think it's just kind of giving away the fact that like last Christmas, whatever the line is like, I gave you my heart or something like that. It's like, well, does that mean that it's his heart or it's his the person he loves heart? There's something somebody's heart that's important to that guy is in that girl. But we'll see. Maybe I'll do an update that says I, I finally watched last Christmas it came out in 2019, so there's been plenty of time to watch it. I remember when I saw the trailer, for some reason I thought it was like a Groundhog Day type of situation. It is not, and I was a little disappointed. Um, but there are some weird, there's some weird comedy in it that I like that. Like, if you've ever really been paying attention to the things I've said since I started this podcast, like, I like weirder humor that's like, what, what, what the hell's going on there? That stuff makes me laugh, and there's a couple moments like that in this movie, so... I guess the next time I watch it, it's kind of a rewatch, but also a new one. Because I, I, I feel like before December 25th, like, I need to finish this movie. I need to know if this guy's a ghost or not. Because I feel like he is. Like, right now I'm on IMDb, and I could easily go and look at trivia and get the answer. But I'm not going to do it. I refuse. So let's just stop talking about this, and let's talk about the next movie that I liked this year has been a very big year for horror movies. A lot of horror movies came out. Not only did a lot of horror movies come out, because that's like literally every year, a lot of good horror movies came out. And people going crazy for horror again, which is awesome. I think that's great. Um, and there was a movie that came out that I thought looked kind of dumb by the previews, but the, uh, the weird viral marketing that they were doing for Parker Finn's Smile. <laughs> What is it you like to talk about? My patient. Hi. I know you're nervous. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something no one else can see except for me. It's smiling at me. Yesterday, a patient in your care died brutally in front of you. I need to find an explanation for what happened. It's smiling at me. I'm just really scared that something bad is going to happen. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter, played by Sosie Bacon, starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. 
Uh, I I didn't see this in the theater. It turns out it was at my theater for like months, and I didn't realize it. I thought it had left, uh, but I saw it since it started streaming on Paramount Plus, which, as far as I know, it still is streaming on Paramount Plus. Um, I did like this movie. I didn't love it quite to the extent of uh, a lot of people online. I was really surprised when I heard like this movie was doing so well and it, and it was getting so many good reviews because there was that movie that came out a couple years ago that also involved smiling. I think it was like Truth or Dare, maybe. I didn't actually see that movie, but I thought it looked really dumb. I'm like, it's just people smiling. And I get it, like you can do creepy smiles, but like it seemed I didn't think it would be that good. But I, I will say, Smile, it does one thing very, very well. The jump scares are very effective in this movie. Like, I'm not somebody that loves horror movies that just are like rely on jump scares, that just have jump scares for jump scares. This one really builds the tension, and you don't always know. Like, you like you know when a jump scare is coming. You should. If you've ever watched a horror movie, you, you, like, you kind of can feel where it's coming from. This one, a lot of times, you know that it's coming. Like, you can feel it, but it doesn't quite hit you like you think it's going to. There was one that's just an odd, like, you know it's coming, and I still jumped. Like, they, they they were effective to me. Like, I was like, okay, this is actually really creepy in certain scenes. It does that thing uh, that it uses darkness really, really well. And things that are in the dark that you can sort of see, but not fully. That I really liked. Because I've said many times before, I'm not a huge fan of the dark. I have a very overactive imagination. Mike Flanagan is really good at playing with darkness in his movies. And this kind of felt like that at times. And I thought Sosie Bacon was really good. Um, this movie does remind me of a lot of other horror movies, though. And sometimes that's good, sometimes, eh. Like, it kind of reminded me of It Follows a little bit, because you don't really know all the rules of what's going on in this universe. And there's also, like, this transference thing that you can do with other people that sort of reminded me of It Follows in a, in a different way. I mean, it, it's, it's a transferred, I don't know, if, I think it was a demon type of situation, or curse i mean they're still trying to kind of figure it out by the end of the movie um but it also kind of had a ring quality to it like after you see someone smiling and then they kill themselves it's probably going to happen to you within a certain amount of days and i'm like this is just like the ring and it did sort of i did kind of get that vibe throughout the whole thing because there's you know most people don't believe sosie bacon's character in it but it does have some creepy moments with people smiling i like the ones that weren't so like in your face the ones that were kind of far away, just staring there out of nowhere, um, I thought that was I thought that was really effective. Kyle Gallner plays Joel, her ex, who's a cop that she needs help with getting information, and he's on the case in the very beginning when um, she witnesses one of her patients very brutally kill herself after smiling. Um, and I liked him in it. I've I've liked him since he was in Veronica Mars. Jesse T. Usher from The Boys plays Trevor, her boyfriend who uh, is kind of garbage. No, not boyfriend. I think they're actually married. Uh, he's kind of, of a garbage person. Like, he doesn't believe her in any way and kind of wants to distance himself immediately because, you know, there is mental health issues in her family. And the movie kind of deals with, I think, generational trauma a little bit too. I don't know a lot about that stuff, so I don't want to get too much into it, but I feel like that movie's definitely touching on that with a lot of people, especially, like, how far this entity goes back. But there are some moments that I thought were really genuinely creepy, and I did like it. But it did seem a lot like other movies I had seen before. And there's a couple reveals towards the end where you, you know, eventually 
see things. Um, but there is like before the the main reveal, what this thing kind of looks like sort of looks exactly like something that came out in another movie this year. And I don't want to I don't want to get too much into it, but it looks almost exactly the same as something that already came out this year. And I thought that was very very strange. I'd imagine it's a total coincidence, but it's insane how much it looks like something else. But then luckily things change again in Smile and I like the the final version of of everything, but uh yeah, it was interesting. But when it is scary, it it was scary. Like I thought it was really tense at times and eventually the smiling gets a little old. Some people are not as good at doing it as others where it looks creepy and some people are trying to be like too creepy about it and then it just gets sort of laughable. Um but the I would say the first half of the movie I liked a whole lot better than the second half. Although the second half takes place in a area that has very little lighting, so I was sort of very tense in those situations. This movie also plays with sound in a very effective way, especially when things do get very dark, it gets very very quiet and sound effects really bring out a lot in those moments, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I wanted to like it a little bit more. I do think I probably will watch it again at some point. So I watched it by myself, and I know Shauna wanted to watch it too. But I planned on doing it for the podcast that week, and then I can't remember what happened. But something changed, and I did something else. It was a good. I mean, it's a, still a good movie, and I like that it was its own thing. I mean, I know I said it. It reminds me of other movies, and that was sort of distracting. But like, it's not a sequel. You know, and I think that's one of the things that's been really fun about the horror movies that have come out this year. For the most part, a lot of them have been new movies. And that's kind of what you want. I mean, whether or not they're starting franchises or not, I think is kind of up in the air. I could see some of these definitely becoming, uh, you know, big franchises. I I could see this smile could last a very long time. Um, at least two sequels. I'm going to say at least two sequels for Smile. I could see Barbarian maybe getting a sequel, maybe another one. But, like, I could definitely see one for sure. I don't think they need them. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. I don't think there needs to be sequels to them, but I could definitely see them trying to spawn these out into more movies. Even Terrifier, like technically that is a sequel, but that movie felt so of itself, like its own contained thing. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of good horror movies. And then another one that came out that, again, I'd heard really, really good things about, and I don't dislike it, but I didn't love it quite as much as, as I'd heard, was Black Phone. <laughs> I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. What's new? The flyer. The paper's calling the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Oh! <laughs> you goof. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? The Black Phone is directed by Scott Derrickson, who also made Doctor Strange and Sinister. The Sinister movies are, it's honestly a series I've never really watched. I've never gotten into it. I don't, for a while, like, I haven't really gotten into newer horror movies, and I realize Sinister's a decade old, but um, a lot of those movies that came from, like, Insidious and Paranormal Activity and those type of movies, I never really got into because I just didn't like the way they were doing 
the the like the the villains in those. I thought the like the ghosts and whatever was the bad guy. I thought, I thought they always looked stupid. Um, but Black Phone is uh, also written by Joe Hill, who is the son of uh, Stephen King. So it does have just so many Stephen King vibes. Like it feels like one of his movies. Like this could be in the It universe if you really wanted it to be. Uh, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. This whole movie, I didn't want to see it because uh, I thought I had seen the whole thing in the trailer. I remember sitting and watching a movie last year. Uh, it was that Guillermo del Toro movie, which I can't think of what it's called all of a sudden. I did a podcast on it even. It was like the circus movie. Why can't I think of what it's called? Anyway, there was a trailer for this on that, and I kept looking away because I'm like, you're giving away the whole movie. What are you doing? Um, but I liked the setting. I liked the 70s setting when there was a lot of, like, uh, kidnappings going on in, like, early 80s. Like, that's kind of where this this is where it's at. And you get a little bit of the kid's life beforehand. He's got a, a sister that he's very close to and uh, abusive dad. Mason Thames plays uh, Finney, who's the main character. Madeline McGraw plays Gwen, his sister. I thought they were really, really good. I thought she was especially good. I'm going to ask you again. How did you know about the balloons? What aren't you telling us, Gwen? Either there's a leak in the department or... Or what? I'm the grabber? No. You think I kidnapped Vance Hopper last spring? Is that it? Vance got held back twice. I've seen him fight. And trust me, he could kick the sh out of either of you blindfolded. When watch your language. Yeah, I took him down because obviously I'm the grabber, you dumb f***ing fart knockers. Gwendolyn Blake! Like, they seem, like, a lot of the kids in this, too, seem like they could easily fit into Stranger Things, at least early Stranger Things, more than uh, now. Ethan Hawke plays the grabber. That's just what they call him. <laughs> I, I can't tell if I think that name is stupid or if it's so simple that I love it. <laughs> but, like, when they say it, like, oh, it's the grabber. I'm like, I just think of the thing that I use to grab things that are out of my reach. I don't think this movie is necessarily scary. It is creepy, and it's kind of gross. Just in the, this just kid locked in the basement of this dude's house or, like, dungeon. I mean, it's kind of hard to... There's not a lot to really give away in this movie because, the tra like I said, the trailer gave away mostly everything. But um, Ethan Hawke is pretty creepy, and you don't really see his face very much in the movie it's usually behind a mask and the mask changes sometimes i think the mask is really creepy other times i'm like that kind of looks dumb um and sometimes he's wearing an upper part of the mask other times it's lower it's very strange kind of depending on his mood yeah i didn't like the griminess and the kid being locked away and uh I, i'm sure if i was around the age that the kids in this movie are i would probably like this movie a lot and it would be real creepy um, but this is actually streaming on Peacock right now. And, I, you know, it's worth a look. If you liked it, if you liked, like, early Stephen King stuff or Stranger Things, I think this is, I think this would be a good, maybe, starting horror movie. Like, I think this is a good movie to start with because it's got a go it's got ghosts in it, uh, the kids that have been murdered beforehand um, and that are kind of helping uh, this kid, Finney, by talking to him on this phone that Ethan Hawke's like, that phone doesn't work. You can answer it all you want. It's not, it doesn't work. Like, it rings once. And I swear Ethan Hawke's in the room. So I don't know if, like, he hears it too, and but no one's there. I, it, I don't know. It was a little confusing. But I was into it the entire time. Like, it, it held my attention. I thought it was fine. But I didn't love it as much as, like, I'd, I'd heard that it was good. But again, I think people were surprised this year with all the horror that came out. 
that that was new. That I mean, this isn't based on anything. This isn't like an existing property. This is a new thing, and it's pretty good. Like I would watch this again. I could see myself watching this like in the fall. This definitely seems like a fall movie. But I liked Ethan Hawke in it. He's creepy, and I didn't know what exactly was going on with his character. You don't really know a lot, and I think that's one of the things that I did like about it is it's still pretty much a mystery. Um, there's not a lot of like horror elements, but it is a very tense movie. It, it is very tense. Um, and I, I thought the performance that Madeline McGraw, who played Gwen, uh, I thought her performance was really good for a child actor. Uh, Jeremy Davies plays their very abusive dad who uh, lost his wife, and he's just a single dad, and he drinks a lot. And he's, There's a very uncomfortable scene where he gets very abusive with Madeline, and Finney wants to try to break in, but Finney's always been, he's like, he gets beat up at one point. Like, these kids are really mean to each other, too. And even uh, when Gwen comes to, like, save him, and she's the younger sister, she, like, hits a kid with a rock, and his head starts bleeding. And, and like, there's some pretty intense moments. Uh, but, yeah, when she's kind of getting yelled at and, like, hit by the dad, I was very uncomfortable. So it definitely works on a lot of those levels. Smile and, and Black Phone are both streaming. Uh, again, Smile on Paramount Plus and the Black Phone is on Peacock. At least I, th- I think it's still on Peacock. I watched it way late. I mean, it's been on there for a very long time, and I just happened to, to watch it right before Halloween, and I really wanted to fit it into the podcast during then, but I'd already pretty much recorded everything at that point. I'm like, well, what am I going to do this? I'm like, well, I'll do it before the end of the year. Why not? Plus, you know, I knew I wanted to talk about a Christmas movie, and I just happened to be involved in that stupid last Christmas. That is not streaming anywhere, which is driving me nuts because that means I'm going to have to rent it. I gotta finish it. That's my mission. But there you go. Those are three very different movies to watch. Some are scary. One's Amelia Clark dressed like an elf most of the time. She's kind of a terrible person. She might be wanting to do it with a ghost. Fingers crossed that I finish it before Christmas. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.